Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast this month, sponsored by our friends Manscaped. Woo. Manscaped. You excited? You feel fresh? Yeah. I feel very fresh. I I, uh, I actually, we got um, we got freebies. They sent us the kits. We got some kits. Yeah, I didn't know that I needed to be more aerodynamic uh, while podcasting, but I certainly am. I My theory is they looked at our show and they're like, look at the amount of hair on these guys. Just forecasted out what the rest of the pod could look <laughs> yes. like. I definitely think there was a like, <laughs> oh, we see the video, which is great because that means someone's watching our YouTube. Thanks, Manscaped, clearly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they looked at it and were like, well, I can just sort of like figure it out from the top down. So uh, yikes. Joke, joke's on you. I look like uh, Pumpkinhead as he starts transitioning to Lance Hendrickson at the end of that time. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I like Manscaped. The trimmers are fantastic. So I've been using that. I'm going with the Jason Statham look. Ooh, nice. So it looks it looks like my junk is about ready to fight a prehistoric shark. Very cool. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to lie. That's not the only thing I've been having to fight. Ladies, all of them. Get back. No, this isn't for you. <laughs> I don't know, because I'm still wearing pants, but they must sense it from a distance. I uh, Yeah, I don't think I've ever done. I've done some manscaping, I suppose, but never specifically yeah. like. I don't know. It worked really well. I've, I have like my other clippers that I use. And actually I realized after using this, that they're incredibly dull. I use like, they sent us the, uh, they sent us what's called, they call it the lawnmower 3.0. That's the kit we got, which is it actually, it works very well, but yeah, I, I, I'm yes. not going for Jason Statham as much as I am. Like, Hmm. Maybe like Kurt Russell in miracle. That's where I'm going to go. Like, not gross yeah that's the best i can do because i think i'm gonna go with kurt russell but it's he's just wrinkly enough you know what i mean so you can at see least, it, but it's not there. at least do kurt russell in big trouble little china that's the look you're trying I don't to cultivate think, i don't think yeah. i don't think my stuff's that that masculine to be honest with you it's definitely it's that haphazard that. and sad but certainly not that masculine see what you're saying is exactly why manscape is here to help us right i think most guys we don't we don't take the self-care as seriously as we are, but you're taking care of yourself. It's true. You're taking Self-care. care of your spouse who definitely doesn't want Kurt Russell from the thing no. when it's time to wrestle. Definitely. No not. one wants that. Right. So I think it's something we forsake. I used to be one of those guys. I had a beard trimmer, but like you said, a little rough, aggressive, you get, you get it caught once you get a little blood trickle. It becomes horrifying. I've also been a guy who's been known to steal my wife's leg razors. Yep. Also causes problems and tremendously horrifying. The lawnmower, though, you get in there nice. It's got a nice amount of power, but it's a smooth drag. So, again, you get that Jason Statham. You're fighting the sharks of the world, man. You're not alone anymore. Now I'm Rain Wilson, and the little guy is Jason Statham. And we're ready to take on any prehistoric crimes that might arise. These guys spent, like... I don't know if you know this. They spent like 18 months developing these like ball trimmers. So like they put in like a lot of work <laughs> to make these things like aerodynamic, smooth. They're waterproof, which is really cool. And I don't know if you noticed this, but like like my bathroom is not particularly well lit. There's also this little LED light on the end so I can like totally see if I'm about to like nick my wang off, which is great because nobody wants that. I actually only do uh, candle lighting via Barry Lyndon when I'm shaving myself. So right, so Griffey does his. It's been by nice. way of Griffey does the Edgar Allan Poe trim. I'm a little more with the technology, you know. <laughs> the Ravens, another good style to go for. 
But yeah, yeah. guys, they are they are great trimmers. It's great. And since they are sponsors of the show, we can help you guys yes. get your own manscaping setup. Alex, tell them the deal. It's very reasonably priced. Uh, so if you go to manscaped.com, you uh, put in the code FILM at checkout. You get 20% off plus free shipping. I actually tested it out to see what the code would do. If you get the trimmers and um, an item they have on there called ball deodorant, which, you know, if that's your thing, great. Uh, it comes out to 32 bucks. That's very reasonable. And actually, around these around this time when Christmas is coming up, and especially because we're all stuck in quarantine, not a terrible present for someone who might need a trim here or there. Yeah, help us out. Help yourself out. Indeed. Then we can all come out of quarantine, maybe out of Christmas, early next year, looking like Stallone as he's unthawed and demolition man would be the ideal oh, setup. Oh, God, please. That's what manscaping can give you, and that's what Manscape is help Manscaped yes. is helping us give to you guys. So the code is film. The code is film for twenty percent off and free shipping, correct? Indeed. Get yourself a lawnmower. Become the lawnmower man of your own your own self, right? Not Indeed. all problems are digital. Even the lawnmower man, if right. you're gonna fit in that tight uh that tight gyro ball suit, he would have had to take care of himself. So Guys, as a movie fan, you can just watch all the movies I just mentioned while trimming yourself. Keep it tight. Keep it right. You're welcome. Get Manscaped, guys. Get Manscaped with the code FILM. On to the show. Woo. friends welcome back to the film alchemist podcast the show where we look at movies we love break them apart to find out what gives them their magic i'm your host josh griffey joined as always by he who has evil penis and worships stone head and co-host <laughs> alex dandino it's not just your penis. It's I all honestly penis. was not expecting that one. I'm so the glad penis is evil. One. We all know. It. All right, guys, before we get going, a little business. Uh, guys, thank you so much for doing our 31 pods and 31 day horror movie marathon with us. The uh, the descent into the horror beast was a massive success for us. Huge. Success. And it's you guys we have to thank. Thank you so much. Um, again, if you guys want to help us out a little more, and we hope that you do, if you're here enjoying yourself. Please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. That helps us out enormously. Uh, a lot of you were doing that last month. Thank you so much. We appreciate much that. Uh, share the show on your socials. Uh, we're on all the socials you're on. Find us there. Share the show links. Uh, tell your friends to come join the fun. That's another great way to help us. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. With your ideas on uh, movies you'd like to have covered, new, old, themes, double features, guest host, anything like that, if you want to hear about it, we'd love to talk about it. On that note, next month in December, the pod stuffs your stocking. Uh, this is all listener selection month, so get at us on socials or that email and give us your picks of what you'd like to hear us cover. Uh, the list is filling up quick. We've already got more suggestions than we'll be able to get to, so now it's just about rankings. So you can still get in if you bring a bomb movie for us to cover. 90s lingo. So get at us on that. 
Also, you can see the faces that make these voices on our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. We are, uh, or it might be Film Alchemist now, spoilers. Uh, we're transitioning to YouTube right now. Uh, we're working on some new fun content over there. So, Film Alchemist, Nerd Alchemist on YouTube. Find the channel and subscribe. Indeed. All right. That's enough business, guys. Uh, this month, the month of November, the month of Thanksgiving, the pod's bringing the beef. You got a Thanksgiving dinner. We're not here for that turkey, keto, whatever. We're bringing beef. Just stacks of it. Just stacks so and month, stacks of medallions. <laughs> so this month, weird covering Demolition Man, Commando, Roadhouse, and then a special last second edition, Zardoz, which in retrospect is probably the strangest art house sci-fi beefcake journey of all time. By far. Um, But as you guys who are listening to the show, I'm sure you're all very in love with movies, uh, would have heard, we lost a legend. Uh, Sean Connery himself passed away this week, so we thought it was a fitting way to um, just kind of share some love for him. He's almost like the most interesting man in the world in real life. If you go back and read on his life, what a what an amazing life he had. I think for a lot of us, he was one of the first guys we ever saw in a movie. I remember myself being a young teenage boy and seeing uh, From Russia with Love for the first time. Mm, yeah. And just being like, oh, my God, I want to be that guy. Like, everything about that <laughs> James Bond as he played him was so fucking cool and suave and tough right. and funny. And, like, I just wanted to be him. And then later, as you guys know, my favorite movie, Highlander. He plays Juan Sanchez Villalobo, uh, the Spaniard, French, Japanese, Spaniard, French, Japanese, Scottish guy. Yep, absolutely. It's, it's an amazing role, but Sean Connery, again, just always iconic, always funny, elevated everything he was in. Yep. So that was a really, really sad note. So, Alex, if you'd like to start just gushing about Connery a little bit, and then we'll talk about what is easily one of the strangest movies that he was ever in, Zardoz. <laughs> yes. Me and... Like everyone else, my Connery experience starts with uh, James Bond, man. Like, my dad yeah. loved Connery as James Bond. My dad actually is one of those people who unapologetically hates George Lazenby, specifically because he took over for <laughs> Connery and for James Bond. For my dad, Connery is the only James Bond. Like, he'll, he'll give an exception to Pierce Brosnan, but my dad was like, those were the, like, violent movies I was – allowed to watch a lot of the time when i was a kid because he was sean connery he was so cool he was like sean my, connery my dad hated roger moore my dad hated timothy dalton my dad loved sean connery <laughs> like he was like ardently a sean connery fan and then like yeah when i got older the movies that i remembered him from were like the rock and oh the rock was the one that because he was sean connery to me and then later when he was connery, in highlander sure. that really nailed it but when i saw him in the rock Mm -hmm. now he's been that cool like he's been he that lost, like older but once cool he lost guy that bond thing time. right the yeah. beautiful hand like we we're just looking at pictures of young sean connor you're like my god what a what a specimen that guy was right oh, totally. he had the whole package he was beautiful and just charming and funny and charisma but tough right mm -hmm. when i saw him in the rock i'm like oh my god he still has all of those features but now is like the curmudgeon old man which made him more funny right so that's when I knew I was like, this guy, all-time legend. I mean, uh, he had essentially two careers as an actor, which was like as this like kind of 60s sex symbol as James Bond. And then later on is this like the I mean, for me, Pierce Brosnan later on is literally the archetype for like 
sexy old guy because that's who he was in all these movies from like the 90s to like the last movie he did was league of extraordinary gentlemen which understandably sunk a lot of careers but nevertheless he was probably the best part of it because he's just sean connery what's that yes exactly right i said you said connor or brosnan was the archetype sexy old man connery was Con- oh sorry connery brosnan the- too Brosnan was Brosnan later on, is on that path himself. Connery was this like version of it that is so much more. It's just so much more because of the it's the accent, it's the swagger. Like yeah. that is something that that is something that can't be taught. Like there, and that is what makes I think the fascination of Zardoz so wonderful. And I'm so glad we ended up watching this. And like I'm sad that Sean Connery is not with us anymore. But I am so happy it inspired us to like because we. were trying to figure out a fourth movie this one like fuck what are we gonna do like there's so many beefcake movies like we already got our stallone pick we got this movie movie, and this just like fell right in our laps and holy shit man what a pick had you ever seen this before i'd actually never seen this before i've only this is a rare we've never seen this before i've only ever seen this the image of sean connery in his costume for this movie yeah, and also when I saw the image of him in like the bandolero like shotgun vest, uh-huh. vest is doing a lot of work in that sense. It's barely a vest, right? It's two straps. Uh, and his speedo, this is not at all the journey I thought I was about to advent- uh, embark on. What I think is so funny, and I believe this was uh, listener Brad Heats from our Facebook page who brought it up. He said Zardoz would be a great tribute to Connery. So shouts out to Brad. Thank you. Credit. I hope I got that right. Um, What I think is so funny about this movie is that this is sort of the meta breakdown on the beefcake movie and toxic masculinity. Totally. That somewhat by proxy. Isn't that by the end when they argue that this and demolition man, both have this really fun thread where, um, they have what seem like utopias mm-hmm. and then present what seem like problems. And the way to solve that problem is a horrifically toxic man. Yeah. Right. Just breaking everything down into nothing and then getting laid. Right. That's how these two movies lay out. That's all it is. Uh, Zardoz does it in a much more, I would argue, fun and art house manner. Right. It, it's not more fun than Demolition Man. No. But for me, I like the. I like the kind of. God, I don't even know what the word for this is, right? Performance art. I mean, for art me, house it's, aspect of it. For me, it's yeah. I mean, for me, it's the art house of it. Like, I mean, yeah. What I love is that this movie feels like it was made by people who like literally found things around their house. Like, I think that works as a set, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Throw it up. It's all good. Like, let's just do it. Like, there's that, and then the opening alone to me is like one of those like I, i've again i've never watched this movie the fact that that move that opening to this movie is not like one of the all-timer like bit openers is amazing to me i can't believe it's taken me 34 years to have like recognized the beginning of this movie and like the dialogue is potently quotable it's hilariously awesome yes. Well, it's funny, too, because this is one of those movies you watch because I'm, I'm old enough now and I've seen so many movies. Right. I assume at this point, if I haven't seen an older film, it's probably because I don't really want to. Like, I might get to it sure, and I totally. might like it, but there's something missing that's not making me run to go check it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, This is one of those you find and you're like, I can't fucking believe 
that this is one I missed. It's so perfectly in my wheelhouse of oh, everything yeah, totally. I love about movies. And uh, the opening is so funny, right? Because this is the, the disembodied head mm-hmm. floating around, right? And I believe I wrote down some of my key lines, right? I am Arthur Friend. I am Zardoz. I wish to die. I'm immortal. Uh, this story is set in a future that hasn't occurred. Hasn't occurred. But right. it may. Right? And then yeah. he says, uh, I am the puppet master. Is God in the show business too? Question mark. Uh, and I think all I wrote down after that is just go, what the fuck? Yeah. So the this disembodied with- head floating on the <laughs> against the black screen was like, that's like an all timer beginning. Cause like, again, like what I love the most about that bit too is it literally sets up a movie that has no expectations. Like it reminded me cause when it started, it reminded me of the opening of Dune. Cause I remember, I always remember like the, the opening from Dune because it's um, Virginia Madsen doing that doing the monologue and everything. And I was like, Oh, this is like Dune. If it actually made less sense, because like (laughs) I have no frame of reference for what's about to happen. So all I know is this guy named Arthur Frayne's like, Hey, this whole thing might not be real or it could be, but who knows also, you know, gods and stuff. And like, just like this continual rambling. And I honestly was like, I'm like, did they just like catch this guy on a bad trip and recorded his head? And they're like, let's just use that. That's great. Just open with this. Well, it's it's a strange opening, too, because essentially he's wearing, like, the Halloween spirit wizard hat, right? Mm-hmm. And he's floating around, and it's so strange because he's doing so many contradicti- contradictory statements that it really is it, – it's such a weird flex to just take the piss out of everything we're about to watch, right? Right. Because first it's, I'm Arthur Fran, right? That's a human name. He looks like a dumpy guy who'd, like, serve you extra fries at the Magic Castle. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like, I'm Zardoz. And you're like, wait, that's the guy from the, right. the trailer? I just, it kind of takes the piss okay. out of it immediately. You're like, right. So it's letting you it. know that this 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 uh, guy who looks like Keith Raniere from Nixium is also Zardoz, who we're about to see be worshipped. Right. And then they say this is set in a future that has not yet occurred, but could. Right. So they're already telling us that there are no stakes in anything we're watching. Right. Because it's just a cautionary tale. Yeah. Which a lot of movies, especially science fiction, are cautionary tales. Right. The fact that they find it important to bring that up to us struck me as weird. But I think it's getting to that last part. Right. Is God in show business, too. Right. I think what they're trying to tell us is that all of the things we complain about and are confused about, and especially we're recording this on election night. We both uh, almost didn't do the show because we're freaking the fuck out like everyone else is. Um, By the time we finish recording this show, who knows what the fuck is going to have yeah. happened, right? We might be dead. Uh, who knows? It's, it's weird. The future of this country in the next four years rides on tonight, right? And we're talking about uh, the Speedo movie. Which is exactly Which, where we want to be. This I is gotta where the tell you, be. <laughs> watching this movie today, I I wrote in my notes. I said, "Have you ever watched?" I said because I was like, "I'm gonna say this exactly the way I want to say it to Griffey." I was like, "Have you ever watched a movie where you're like, hey, that's probably a very likely future? Today was that day, and I had never seen Zardoz before. There's no way that we're not careening towards a future in 2,000 years of that being a thing. It's." Let me be 100% clear. Not that the world of Zardoz is ideal or not horrifying in its own right, but I would take this over 
the uh, gasoline-scented breast milk murder future of Mad Max, which is what I always think. Oh, yeah, 100%, so, by the way. I'm not yes. saying at all that it's a bad thing that the Zardoz future is in our future. I'm saying I really feel like we're hurtling towards that anyways. I'm saying it's a I mean, likely future. There is a weird bit of Zardoz with, like, the people in uh, their plastic bubbles and sheets, and, like, when he touches the bubble plant, it goes, ah. Right? Like, you're like... There's something very weirdly 2020 about this movie. But we'll, it, we'll get to the is, real weird sexual shit. Right. So this was my, my other thing, right? Right. I I think it's a funny thing because I took this beginning as, why are you doing this to me? Why are you ruining the movie right here? What I think they're trying to get at is that we already do live in this world, right? right. By telling us contradictions and then saying this movie and story don't matter. I think what he's telling us is you are living in uh, someone else's Zardoz. Right. Right. People in like the 1900s, if they saw the way we were living right now in 2020, would be like, holy fuck, that's a horrifying science yeah. fiction. Yarn. Oh, totally. And you're like, no, that's us. Because what we do is we all live these lives of routine and status quo and, you know, somewhat hive mind. Right. And it's getting worse and worse because we're all connected. I think what the movie's telling us is not that none of this matters, but that, hey, man, yours might not be as weird and spandexy and you know touch learning and all that <laughs> it's still probably pretty fucking weird because when they cut to the next scene right of these armed militiamen ah wearing right. the mask and zardoz zardoz and it just starts throwing out guns and what i assumed were pill bottles i thought right so, it could yeah. have been shotgun bullets mm -hmm. or cases whatever the fuck i don't know gun stuff uh the little the little tubers right they have all the little balls that shoot stuff see man stuff we're ready for this apocalypse but anyways, that is a wild scene, right? It reminded me of the opening of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Except 2001 A Space Odyssey bathes itself in the mystique. Yeah. In the magic and the ambiguity. And it lets us do a lot of this. Oh, what are these? Our ancestors beating each other to death? And it throws up into a spaceship. It's doing a lot of this. This is very on the nose movie symbolism, right? It, it plays. Yeah very very theatrically to me right like even the yeah. scene so at the end of zardoz he's like i give you the guns guns are good uh the penis is evil the penis like, is evil this feels like a lot of those black box shows you would see in la because your fucking asshole friends are like hey man yeah. i got a part and you're like really right and he's like yeah you have to be there on thursday at four in the afternoon fuck yeah right? there's this <laughs> like real... that's what this could have been but then here's another weird thing right so we learn Guns are good. Penis is bad. That's a weird place to start a beefcake movie. I wanted to get your take on this. Sean Connery turns. Zed points the gun at us and shoots. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And this is a really strange choice for that moment. It's a cognitive dissonance because the next time we see him is almost him being born from the clay, as Zardoz said. Right. Inside of Zardoz's head. What do you make of zed shooting down the barrel of the camera i mean for me it was about for me it's about the transfer of i mean i mean obviously i think it's just a transitional thing to be honest with you but if i'm looking at it from an analysis perspective i'd say that the probably the best way to look at it is it's zed it's zed proving the point of zardos it's uh it's the only thing that is true power so if we're going to go on a journey with Zed, Zed's taking control. So he shoots at the camera and says, come with me if you want to live. That's pretty much what it yeah. is. It was a strange moment, too, because I was like, 
guns are often, especially in these beefcake action movies, right? Guns are kind of this phallic symbol, mm-hmm. this phallic extension, right? Like, oh, they got the huge muscles and the huge guns. So obviously, woo, woo. And you're all ready, right? By him saying the gun is good because it shoots and ends life, the penis is bad because it brings more life. That's a really fun idea to start this movie off with, yeah. right? Um, and it's one that a lot of these movies dabble in, but with a, no introspection at all, right? Demolition Man has no introspection about the the role of guns destroying lives, right? It's just, no. I'll need one of those. Woo! And that's that's cool, right? But I thought it was this really fun. And when he turns to shoot right in the lens, right? Because I think it was The Public Enemy was one of the first movies that did this. Mm-hmm. Or was it The Great Train Robbery? And people in the crowd were like, ah! Right. It was so shocking, right? And this one today, it didn't have that kind of an impact to me, but it was kind of funny because it felt like Sean Connery as Zed was shooting down the barrel like, hey, man, if you haven't gotten the note yet, murder all preconceived notions you have about this film. Right. Because we're going for it. <laughs> so it was really fun. And then and then Zed awaking in the head of clay. I think what is really fun about this movie is that for – it, it, it's it's kind of a tale of two movies, right? I feel like this wants to be uh, something along the lines of a man of action, right? Like, this is almost what you get in 1984, not 1984, but a Fahrenheit 451, right? Mm-hmm. This man who does things in one way his whole life, he has changed and faces a system. But that's not really what this movie becomes because Zed is so less a man of action than some of these guys. Right. It really is this very strange array of you have Sean Connery as this ultra masculine butch lead, but he's really just running through these art house vignettes the whole time. Well, this movie spends so much time pondering big ideas, right? Compared to any other beefcake movie we could have come up with. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably the thing that's most bizarre about it is that the good there's a good like I feel like it's, it feels like fifteen or twenty minutes where all you see is Sean Connery just running through scenarios, not necessarily saying anything, but he's literally like shoots the camera, winds up in Zardoz's head, lands in what appears to be like idyllic Nottingham, like literally like is running right. through the like running through like the Scottish countryside and then winds up in, I mean, like it seems like a sixties key club party, like a key party. Like it's so weird. And not a, you missed his part. Cause one of the first introductions is he's just lurking in the woods. There's just ladies up in the tree and he turns around. There's just a lady riding a horse with her tits out. I didn't miss that. That's what I'm talking about. Like he's literally like, it's he's insane. not reacting to the world around him. He's just running through it. And I think that's like the weird thing. But the deeper we get into the movie, we realize that's what Zed is, is like this yes. non-reactive, kind of like this non-reactive militia type, which is kind of weird. And I'm not totally understand. I don't totally understand why, but like. The scene that all like the scene that I was like, my wife came in while I was watching, and she's like, "What the fuck is going on in this movie?" It was the scene where uh, it's a little later in the movie where Charlotte Rampling is literally like discussing the unsolved evolutionary mystery of uh, dudes Erections. getting boners. Yes. So, yes. like, first off, like the um, the visual aids are just fucking incredible. Like, no one understands how it goes from this, and it's just like this flaccid penis to this, and. They show then they show Zed a bunch of porn, and he's just unfazed. 
But then Charlotte Rampling, he looks like Ratty Charlotte Rampling, and gets like hard as a rock, and everyone's like, "Oh boy, we seem to have found it!" Like, what a what a horrifying. See, that is when you know Zed's a bad guy. Yeah, but so that's I was like really mud wrestling didn't do it for you. Mud but wrestling doesn't just... do it, but just this woman who's sitting in front of you, just berating you for being a man, or like just like but a no. primitive man too. But he does it. He does it in this way where he stares her down. It's almost like an anger boner. It's so so creepy it's awesome okay so one thing we need to take off the table there there is some creep factor in this right um the i took a woman for zardoz horrible look right the net the net assault uh later when we see the apathetic part of the culture right uh a disease that's spreading like wild amongst these immortals right they just don't give a fuck anymore uh and connery throws her down and is about to have at her he flips his cart in rage because She's not reacting enough, I guess. Right. And the movie seems to insinuate that that little flare up of his, that that horrible display of uh, crimes, modern day crimes. I guess. Uh, that that kind of wakes her from her slumber and she's intrigued by that. Right. Not a good look, right? Uh, he's a titty grabber. There's some bad, bad <laughs> 70s stuff going on in this film, right? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I think after you've seen three or four of those, the erection scene... Once once the mud wrestling didn't work, I'm like, this is the guy who would like mud wrestling. Yeah. Like, if you went to a modern-day mud wrestling event, I don't know where they're held. There's 100% a guy who looks like Zed there wearing sweatpants and loving life. Right. That's a fact. So, yeah, that, that stuff played is very creepy to me. It's very strange. But then, like... And technically, he doesn't have sex the whole movie, does he? Right. No, they're always dabbling. Well, he gives the seed to the... All those ladies who give him hand knowledge. Right. Which is another scene that this this movie's loaded with scenes that feel like they're 25 minutes long. Well, there's just the, uh... scenes that are there's <laughs> scenes that to me like there's scenes that it's not necessarily that feel 25 minutes long. They just seem like they're from other movies. Like this is the thing that I like noted the entire time was just like what it feels more is that Sean Connery with his amazing P tail you know, Zapata mustache and whatever that outfit is, which is nothing short of incredible, by the way. Yes. Um, what it feels like, though, is like he's literally running through like, I don't know, four different movies. Like one is Logan's run. <laughs> one is the time machine. Because uh, like to me, like the guy, a uh, friend, the guy who John Alderton plays. Mm -hmm. Feels like, um, oh, fuck, that guy who plays uh, the the guy who plays the main guy in the time machine. Can never the guy who's in the birds. I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. Um, but like he has that sort of like sort of like devil may care vibe because he's like the subversive one who's talking who like tell explains basically explains what they're all doing there, which I think is kind of fun and there's a good way to do that. Is he explains like how it works while uh Zed is like ushering him about town in this uh weird little buggy. But I mean, that's how I felt, though, the entire yes. movie is he's just, like, running through these different movies. And then at one point, like, he feels like he's in Dune. I feel like he's in Dune. Like, when he's on trial. When friend goes, when uh, he's on trial, like, that feels a little Dune-ish. Like, there's so many of these, like, weird motifs. And this movie was made in 1974. The movies I'm talking about were either made at the same time or have not had not been made yet. But sort of feel... It's hard because they feel disjointed, but I do feel like they're all part of the same whole. It's just, it's a very peculiar movie. And it, again, like, 
it does just have these sort of lofty aspirations to discuss like gender politics sexuality in the 21st century like all this stuff that like you would be addressing in 1974 and i mean addressing now even that (laughs) it's just such it's such a like the idea of it well we could talk about this and set it in the future and make it very very interesting and weird and like we could also put sean connery in the most distracting costume in history of film and you know swing for the fences i guess and that's kind of what zardoz does for me is like every time i think i'm gonna get to a point i'm distracted by something absolutely bizarre that happens in this movie yeah i think that's the weird thing too is that you feel a little like zed you're just kind of naked and exposed and vulnerable yes and you're like how much am i gonna let this movie how far am i gonna let this movie take me right (laughs) How long is this it starts getting to be? a point where you're like, oh, man, this is out there. Yeah. But what I think it does, too, is by by putting us in that spot, right, and giving us someone as rock steady as Connery, you're like, I trust that this is – like, Sean Connery wouldn't be in this movie if there wasn't some value in it, right? And I think it's a hugely important asset he brings to the story because, again, he starts off as this toxic man executioner, right? I kill for Zardoz. I take women for Zardoz. Right. I feel the most alive at the moment of a kill. Um, but we watch this man, right? This this avatar for a lot of the bad qualities kind of go through this somewhat enlightenment, right? And he's not a great guy at the start, but, he, you know, we see him evolving throughout the movie very rapidly. Right. And what I think that Connery is the steady hand. We want to believe he's going to get to a place of being a heroic figure. Um while we watch this, the utopian society in this to me is actually the star of the movie. I so love the setup of this society, right? So we have our three yeah, branches. Yeah, I do. That's cool. The, so we have the Eternals, right, which are these, this next step in evolution, right? These super genius, uh, immortal human beings, right? And we see that Zardoz, who was killed, Arthur Frayne, right. uh, when he, he falls out, how dare you, Ooh, and he floats away, right? <laughs> right. Um, really weird too because when we see his memory of that we see it from a different perspective that was kind of a key to something strange going on here right but so we have these artificial super immortal super intelligent beings right but yet they still work menial tasks but yet we know that outside of the uh God, what are they called the vortexes we have an outland where people who dress like commuters have to farm and get whipped by sean connery right known as one of the he's one of the uh he's one of the brutal exterminators yeah right uh so yeah so then all of that is to make but they still do manual labor they have to do manual labor like their own dishes right so that friend can go throw bread at apathetics and old renegades right these people that are just like no we won't stop having prom Right. So essentially, then they're doing like a bit of the Overlook Hotel. Right. Like this party's so rad, we'll never stop. Right. Like they got hocus pocus into being renegades, <laughs> and uh, but it's it's a baffling society. But what I think is cool is that as baffling as it is at times, and as art house as it gets, these big themes that it lets you explore are actually really fucking strong and tasty. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing that I like the most about it is. While there is like these like big distracting set pieces and costume choices and just like general things and like I do get the chance to sort of like the the end for me is a great example of this. Like I know I'm skipping way ahead, but like the like there's just like 
chunks of wordless sequences in this movie that are just you're like you just have time with the movie and it's weird because it happens at the beginning somewhere in the middle it happens too but like the end as well is just like music scoring images and it's interesting because it is just a movie of set pieces and sort of just this endless examination of how horrible male sexuality is going into the 20th century but (laughs) ultimately it does do its job which i think is pretty fascinating i didn't realize this and i actually read i read this i was doing research for the movie this movie came out this movie was shot after the last time sean connery was james bond and apparently he could not book any jobs so he took the movie because he needed a job that's crazy this was like the only job he could get which is fascinating because like to me it's almost like indicative of the movie itself is like of course like the one guy who's like probably the most masculine character and uh like probably like british culture and like for the 60s like probably one of the most masculine characters of the move of of movies and pop culture in general is james bond is just this like martini swilling gun shooting womanizer (laughs) for him to become this like nearly wordless man in the 23rd century dealing with like immortal people questioning his ethics as a um like over sexualized alpha male pretty fascinating to be honest with you and like entertaining in a way that i didn't expect to be yeah yeah but i was like that that is a really fun way to put it because uh, the scene where they're watching him do his brutal executions, right? Mm-hmm. And commit rape. You yes. watch people and it's like, ooh, how exciting. I think Friend even says anything to end the boredom, right? Yes. So you're watching them watch this <laughs> move. Like, this is a traditional kind of character that he's playing in those sequences, right? Right. That looks like these kind of movies we would have been watching at the time, right? Totally. Uh, these Frazetta cover movies, right? <laughs> And uh, they're just watching it like, hmm, how quaint, weird, strange. But they're not scared of him at all, which is strange. Because the whole time I kept thinking in the movie, I'm like, Connery, reach the fuck out and snap their necks. Like, what? These little twig people? Like, what are you doing here? You're an executioner. Right. But they build in this fun thing, right? Here, looks can kill. Right? And so they, they just have these really fun ways of Connery is playing an archetype, but then they're it is it becomes a little bit like the crystal ball at the end right it's this infinite reflection of what happens on that right right like we get at we get a fun parallel to a classic sci-fi right man in a zoo uh-huh. right so planet of the apes dabbles with this in one way this one's almost a little different right he's almost peaceful in that zoo oh i think it's he, almost I think he loves better it. than yeah it's almost better than the life he had being a horrible executioner in the wastelands right so there are just these moments where we just sit with him doing anything like when he has to shrink down into the mirror room. Oh, right. And it's like, look, this is your genome. Look. And uh, the scientists essentially uh, is like, look, you're better than us. You're smarter than us. What's up? Right. And we're like, is he? Have we seen any evidence of that? <laughs> OK, sure. Let's roll with that. Right. And so. I don't know. They're, they they constantly are, are turning the tables on us, right? Because mm-hmm. he's a man who you think is going to punch and fuck his way out of this. And that's not necessarily how it played out. No. I mean, to me, that is like the thing that I like the most is that it ends up not devolving into that kind of thing. And it yeah. very easily could have. like, Because I, I, li- I like that aspect of the... Um, 
I like the Planet of the Apes ness of it all. Like there is that like experience, and what I liked is that it doesn't devolve into what's the best way to put it? Like kind of um it doesn't devolve into this like chasing thing or like the chase like where he gets to the you damn dirty ape, that kind of thing. It doesn't devolve into that or not necessarily devolve, but it doesn't change into that kind of movie. It makes it so that ultimately the movie ends up not being about action. It's much more about inaction. It's about this inner struggle for all the characters. And I think that that is what makes everything work in the movie. Because if this isn't up, if this ended up being just straight up action movie, like imagine this movie being like a Demolition Man or something like that, this movie would never have seen the light of day. Like I feel like this is one of those things where an actor would have said. Like an actor like Sean Connery would have been like, I am never going to let anyone see the fact that I was in this movie and I'm burying it because I a little bit disagree with you on this. Right. Because I think the movie would have seen the light of day, but we would not be watching it in 2020. I think what makes this movie unique is that because it's it sits and it has that he could have fought his way out. Right. Right. He's a classic man of action. He's. He's the last of his kind, right? He's the the lone the lone gunman, as it were. Right. Um, it could have been that movie, right? But in our moments of action, it's never Sean Connery taking that route, right? right. At the end, how does the movie end? As we see these utopians, right? These Eternals burning down everything they struck. They tell him, "You have brought anger and hatred with us to infect us." Uh, they're the ones that are going apeshit and destroying everything and seemingly excited about it because it's something new. Right. He's sitting there trying to learn the mysteries of a crystal ball and a mirror. Right. Right. So he is very still and not active as they're destroying and searching for him. Um, When he meets the renegades, right, and he goes to find friend, he inspires them to action. They want to beat his ass because they're like, maybe he's the bringer of death. Same with the apathetics. They... They talk about how they are gleaning life from him. Right. So he becomes the catalyst for all of these other characters to take action. But he really doesn't do a lot of that himself, right? This is not a uh, through force of my my manliness, I'm going to do it. And it right, like no. one of the scenes that really was shocking in this regard is when he comes to May and she's, you know, tell me the truth. Tell me the whole truth. Right. And he talks about, you know, I it was a face in a window. I was perfectly happy I saw a face in a window. And from there I learned to read. And I read The Wizard of Oz and I knew it was Zardoz. And uh I wanted to see the man behind the curtain, right? And you he goes through this talking about the weakness. They're like, What was the book? No. You know, who told you? No. And it, it's just him in her lap crying. Right? He's not fighting back. This isn't like some you know, you can't handle the truth moment. This is him kind of weeping at the the massive amount of society-shattering revelations he's carrying inside himself. Right. It's it's just so weird. Like, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's probably the best tagline for I the mean, movie. I, it's just so weird. It's just so weird. Zardas. Coming to a theater you. plus titties, lots of them. I mean, it's <laughs> and you just get down. Like I do, like I do think the Zardoz thing is a little corny, but that's me. Like it works for the movie. 
Zardoz the god? No, like the origin of the name and that kind of shit. The god is. Oh, uh, I thought that was adorable. I love that. The god, like the god thing, makes the god thing is great because again. Tell me how much you thought they were gonna say the Bible that that book was the Bible. I mean, yeah, I thought that probably. When he kept hiding it, I was like, just say it's the Bible and he's Jesus and get it over with. I like when the, they said the Wizard of Oz. I thought that was so fucking awesome. Well, I like. Oh, what I I thought it was corny at first, but I liked that. Basically, what it does, it does a good job of reinforcing this like this man-made thing. Like everything is this concept of like man-made religion and that kind of thing. Again, it's a heady movie. There's a lot going on for a movie about Sean Connery running around in a speedo with a gun, but like, which I guess probably is which a is lot still of, a movie you would have watched. Which is a movie I would have watched time. anyways. I guess it's a James Bond movie too. But at the same time, like. There is something to be said about this movie that is like this science fiction tapestry about the nature of God, essentially, and what yeah. it is like. Does that really kind of like once you get to the end of the movie, that's essentially what it is about is like the nature of God and what God is for man and is man God or is God man themselves like it does get very deep and it's beyond this sort of like where we begin, which is like mm -hmm. this analysis of. <laughs> Uh, male ego and becomes much more about the ego of humanity itself so i i, I like that part i do yeah, like well, that. there's a really cool moment when she asks him why do you sleep when he's in the cage and he just says because i have Cause dreams because i have dreams and that's an important thing right the fact that he has erections and dreams and this and that <laughs> they're small comforts but they do say something else right there's an element of hope right in erections and dreams that don't often exist in this utopian society right these God eternals have yes. nothing to look forward to right yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's the small things, right? It's a loaf of bread. It's a a high hard one. It's a loaf of bread. It's a ten. It's a loaf of bread. It's a five second orgasm. It's a chocolate chip cookie. Guys, get where you got to go. You know, I yeah. And but that's that's what I mean, though, right? So there's this small amount of because I I think that's what I like. And again, I love to read philosophy, even though I don't understand it. I'm not smart enough. I love movies that let me sit and think, right? And again, this is. That the the Wizard of Oz, as it were, is in every character in this movie, right? right? There's the scientist who's looking for something more. There's Zardoz himself who thinks he's a god. Because uh, he even says, right, he's, you know, uh, when Connery at the end tells him, you have your rulers too. And he's like, ah, <laughs> what in final yuck? And he's, you know, he's a character, right? right? The renegades are something else. They think they can fight this system, yet are still trampled by it. The apathetics, right? They are just wizards in an unworking hologram, right? Right. They all have something that they're hiding. I think that's what the movie's getting to. And I think that's the fun thing the movie's kind of hinting at is that God is just, God was a safety blanket of the primitives, right? Right. In 2020, if you still believe in God, it's serving the same function. God in your life is a safety blanket to keep you from the dark nothingness, right? From right. the wasteland. Right. Um. We all know there is no God, but you can invent your own God so that you have a place to go Sunday and you can maybe be a little more altruistic and helpful. Well, fake altruism, but neither here nor there, right? You think you're helping and you have a code to live by, right? right. It's something that makes it mean something. And what this movie's saying is that we're all God, right? Because even uh, the tabernacle, that reveal was really fascinating to me. And he goes, I am all of your combined knowledge. I see everything. Uh, I'm nowhere. I'm everywhere. Right. The word for that used to be God. Would you destroy us? Why not join us? Right. And so that's the thing. 
by destroying the tabernacle in that version of God, right? Because they talk about uh, the old man's like, this was an abomination to nature. Now we're trapped in our systems. What's really funny is that by the end, you see that Zed has become a godlike figure. Right. Well, Zed. You can imagine a- when he hides in the fuck cat cave or whatever. <laughs> yes. There's probably a religion that crops up around Zed, the the one, the chosen one, the free, the, the liberator, as it were. Right. I don't know. Zed to me, I, I like though. I do like that Zed sort of. I like the message it sends, where Zed sort of absorbs all the knowledge available in the known universe. And what's interesting to me is. This movie starts off by saying, like, the penis is evil. The seed is evil. That kind of shit. And what it ends up being is about, like, a bullet being the only path to, like, purity, so to speak. Like, ending a life is purity. But for Zed to transform and become this person who not just, like, spreads his seed, so to speak, and changes, like, changes the world for the better in some way, but also grants, like, also like helps the eternals uh they bring brings them death it is sort of this like interesting mercy kill in a way and i like that it's because i like that it's because zed becomes more than just a zed becomes more than a man for everyone but much more than that he becomes more than a man for himself and again it goes back to that weird like this very weird roundabout metaphor for man being their own god it's it's interesting yeah. Works. Well, he even says at the end, right? He tries to pull the trigger and kill the seer and he just can't. And he's like, you know, all that I once was is gone. Right. right. So now he's I think that's what it's saying. Right. That that the bullet and everything else. Right. Any measure of control where you're trying to take away the erections, you're trying to take away the dreams. Right. You're trying to take away death. When you're taking those things away. Right. That's not a life anymore. Because I think the old man said, I really like that line. And he's like, um, you know, what we did was an affront to nature. So she she created you to have her revenge on us, something like that. Like right. she created Zed and the mutants, as it were, even though we know that Arthur Frayne was the one who was creating the mutants mm-hmm. through selective breeding. And again, I still have no idea what him being a mutant had anything to do with it. He was smarter and stronger, supposedly. But yet he still had to get touched by the lady speaking all the different languages of the wor- our world. Uh, with projectors on their faces, which was really cool to look at, but yeah. I don't have any. I, I guess he was doing seeds and Rosetta Stone for a while. Anyways, neither here nor there, right? Uh, I don't know why. So did nature? Because that's what Arthur says, right? He's like, you would be nothing without me. I had a part in this. He's like, no, you had a guy controlling you. So there's this. I think what they're saying is that nature is more than just the flesh and blood. It is this. There has to be something to lose. Like, that was one of the things that was fucking crazy to me was the Eternals literally go the brood on a guy and scanners his ass. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm sick of doing dishes for 200 years. Right. And that's enough of a tumult that they all form as a hive mind and destroy him. Because for one brief second, he says something true is he's like, this is fucking boring. Right. Well, and I think for that, they fucking ostracize and destroy him. Right. I mean, I like the idea then that eternity breeds not just contempt but like also mistrust and also i mean lying to yourself i think that's the thing that the movie's trying to say about the eternals in general is like you can live forever but eventually you have to be honest with yourself and say like this is not what we're meant for no matter who you are yeah well 
I think it's extra cruel too. You see that one of their punishments is that they they punish you by aging. But yeah, by aging. So you get stuck in this rotten old body, and I'm like, well, is that so bad? Like no one else is. They're all flaccid, fucking petite weenies. Anyways, like it's not like they're doing cool stuff with their bodies as is, right? What's the point of any of this? Right. Um. But I think you see, right? Once once they even get the hint, right? So Zed lashes out and just grabs a boob. And that's yeah. what kicks off the rebellion. And next thing you know, the Eternals are willfully battering ramming houses. The renegades are running around groping at people and putting Connery in a wedding dress. And Woo, it's, it's almost here. Death's upon us. The, uh, the apathetics just start like a wood orgy. Yeah. So I was like, you have held it together for two. That's what I thought was funny is it's this wolf at the door, right? <laughs> So it's that old uh, Native American metaphor, right? That there are two wolves inside man and whichever one you feed grows, right? Right. And it's like, you fucking starved to death, the orgy battering ram wolf. Right. And that motherfucker was at full strength within about five minutes. (laughs) So like, you know, you fed the other wolf prime kibble and steaks and whatever, and that wolf got murdered as soon as the orgy wolf was unchained. (laughs) I love that it's saying that by not nourishing the reptilian brain, the reptilian brain takes its own time. Like I like that. I like that. It feels like, cause the Eternals always feel like the Eternals, apathetic, sorry, apathetics feel like these, they're only nursing their mammalian brain, but the, you know, the lizard brain is literally just off in the distance, like growing stronger, simply out of neglect. It's a survivalist instinct. And yeah, you're right. Like literally five minutes in, they're just like, let's do this. Yes. Yeah. Like, well, they I, all just start, like, kissing Zed. And it's oh, like, yeah. what have you even seen him do? Like, he just ran in there. They're like, oh, he remember just exi- when you almost assaulted our sister? Oh, man. And they he, started making it's wild. He runs in with that red mankini, and he just exudes. Everyone knows. It's just, like, pheromones off the charts, you know? That's the important thing. Just the moans, dude. They feel that body hair. That's another weird thing is so many people touch him throughout the film. Like, Ooh. The vapors. Then maybe he had been planting his seeds pheromonally uh, for a lot of the film. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's something, man. It's, it's hard to even explain because I thought it was so beautiful, man. I love that that last bit is just like art house magic. It's to great. Me. It's perfect. So art I house. love that the people Zed, Zed, as we just see these old fucking immortals getting murdered. Yeah, but they all kind of look somewhat relieved. And they're screaming. So this is a murder in his name, but yet he's almost a conquering hero of freedom. Right. And then cutting to, okay, it, there's another beef I have is that Char- Charlotte Rampling, is that who it was? Yeah. Consuela. She essentially runs down in the cave and is like, I can't stab you. And he's like, the hunt is always better than the kill. And she goes, okay, fuck me. And like changes her whole, she goes from horror mob leader riding a horse with a torch to, Oh, but right, that speaks to the movie itself is that he, Sean Connery, uh, you know, Zed's willing to speak the truth. Like Consuela can't face the truth. She's an eternal. She has no interest in it. So for I him, was kind of hoping Consuela would like was going to be uh what was her name? Zenya on a top from a uh, golden eye. And she was going to kill him with wow. like her leg squeezes. That's a good. That's a good reference right there. See what I mean? I was like the fact that she just immediately was like. Okay, you've defeated me. Yeah. I thought was the weakest. Honestly, the end of the end of this movie for me is like Chef's Kiss art house cinema ending. Like, oh yeah. Well Zed shooting himself and his mass self in the mirror. Yeah. 
Uh, but the baby sequence I thought was so rad, dude. It's awesome. It's awesome. So I love the dissolves. Like, I love that shit, man. That's what I live for in these kinds of movies. Like, yes, that's the kind of stuff that gives you all the like power you want for a movie. Like there's no, like it's music. There's no dialogue. Like there's all just this, like, it's just imagery on imagery on imagery. Like, come on, man. Like the seed bearers right off crying at the world they lost. It's he awesome. sits there and they just keep aging as their ginger son walks out uh, to essentially be the Mowgli of this new world yep. and be raised by the orgy wolves at the door. God bless them. And uh, they just turn to bones, dude. The last they thing you see is the fucking, fucking bones. gun, man. I love that. The shit. rusty gun and the cave painting, man. So cool. Primitive. Like, and I mean, back I, to the primitive. It's awesome. It's great. Like full circle nonsense because like you get to you're in this post apocalypse that comes right around to pre-apocalypse, pretty much. Yeah. Well, okay. Because I'm, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I don't know that I could discern an enormous narrative in this movie, right? Uh, some guy who's an unhappy wizard and poor magician breeds mutants who will then come murder the people in his uh, stonehead spaceship, and then fucking in a kid. Like, that's kind of, there's like, there's some stuff that happens in the middle, but I, I don't know. Yeah. But what I think this movie does well, but this this is what I was going to say, right? I think sometimes in science fiction nowadays, we're so obsessed with the insanely clever insight, right? It's the Black Mirror effect, I think. You have to have such a cutting, razor-sharp commentary, right? right. I'm going to tell you why this is bad and what's coming. And you get a lot of that. It's so clever and so narratively driven. I think what is really fun and we lose in some sci-fi is that art house element where this movie just asks us really weird questions and shows us really weird elements sitting on screen together and yeah. just says, now you're going to sit in that scene for what feels like 35 minutes, but you're going to love it. You little yeah. bitch. And you're like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Zed. Yes, I am. Bring it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's baffling. I don't know, it's Alex. Awesome. Do you think we'll ever get another Zardoz in our lifetime? I mean, I think we've had them, but they're not nearly to the effect of this. Like, to me, <laughs> we've watched some of them on the pod. I don't remember what they are, but like, we've had these sort of like meth methodically, oddly quiet, sort of strange, yet captivating movies that have brought us some sense of like wonder about the future but not really the future but something else is going on i don't know probably not you know what i'm gonna take everything I just crazy farda yeah. there will be no zardas again an art house movie of this caliber with an an actor like sean connery giving us the anchor that it's okay to do this right because i'll admit i was watching and my wife walked into and she essentially is like are you watching 70s porn yep and i was like no no it's art Right. And so but that's what I mean, because Sean Connery was in it, you could see her go like, oh, this must be a real movie. Right. And that's that mixture of those two things. I think are hard. And that's the other thing. It's one of those beautiful science fiction movies that becomes timeless in its own right. Right. Because while it looks very old and lost in the 70s, it almost plays as a fantasy tale, too. Right. It's because because those are timeless themes that we just sit and explore. Right. So that's another thing. Some science fiction doesn't age exceptionally well, right? Not not well done science I fiction, mean, at least. I mean, I guess to me, in the way I would probably... 
the best way I could describe it is if you've ever watched like a Terrence Malick movie, like let's say you come in on a part where people are having sex on camera and you're like, oh yeah. my God, this is probably, a- oh wait, that's Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain. This is art. Shh, quiet. Lodge. Yeah. Like, well, have you ever been watching a Terrence Malick movie and you're like, man, I wish this movie were fun to watch. Yeah. That's Zardoz. Zardoz. Because Zardoz comes in that package of like a Kroll or something. You're like, all right, this is kind of a genre, fantasy, sci-fi romp. Yeah. Like, yeah, guns and flying skulls and, oh, cool, right? Like, I'll find something. And then it just, it tricks you. It's a fucking you art know what house it does philosophy. Is, remember, like, you and I, like, when um, Cinefamily was still a thing in L.A., we went and saw, at the silent movie theater, we went and saw Jodorowsky's Dune. Yeah. It vibes to me the way that, I assume the Jodorowsky Dune was supposed to go down. That's yeah, the well, best way. I all of Jodorowsky's movies are like this, but again, they never had a Sean Connery. No, they didn't. To elevate it, right? His movies would have been fascinating with right. someone like that. To That's raise what it I'm up. saying. Like it vibes like that, and there's something about that that makes me think that this is sort of in the vein of what that would have been had that movie come out. Yeah, well, it's to your point, right? If this had Michael York, right, from Logan's Run, right. Instead of Sean Connery, I think a lot of audience would have said, I'm not willing to do this journey with you. I'm not putting up with this nonsense. Right. right? And especially, I think it's one of those two, especially because, like you said, he was the machismo actor. It was Bond. Right? It brings in those guys that are like, I'm here for the beef, but I'll stay for the art and mind-expanding philosophies. Right? <laughs> I don't know, man. I've never seen this movie before. I feel like I will watch it regularly for the rest of my life and always so. find new things to I dissect. I think I will too. As soon as I see it, so like I like I rented it because I rented it on Amazon Prime, and now I know that if I ever see it like on streaming, from like oh Zardoz, cool, and I'll turn it on, and it'll just be that yeah. movie that I can just turn on. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those like I can't wait to just put this on at a party, so people are like, "What the fuck yep. is that?" And you're like, "Oh, let me Zardoz you." Yes, and I'll start it on my spiel, right? The penis is evil guns are good here's and then everyone will just be like oh another indiana guy (laughs) (laughs) one more crazy fact i want you to know about this the original person who was supposed to be zed in this movie do you know who it was uh i'll never guess burt fucking reynolds burt reynolds is zed burt reynolds got Uh, burt reynolds had to leave the movie because of illness and sean connery picked it up it's so funny to me because I always, I don't know why, and it doesn't make sense because he was a legitimate megastar in his time. Yes, he was. And has been in great movies, but I always think of him as like the TV actor compared to like other actors of his. I don't know why because he wasn't. He wasn't. He was a huge star, but I always think of him as like the poor man's, like they should have gotten someone better. Yeah. Even though Burt Reynolds is awesome. I think Burt Reynolds could have done this movie too. Totally. But I think he doesn't have that. I do feel like there are levels to that game, right? The machismo like guy of that era. And Connery was higher than Reynolds in my mind, right? He was higher than the guy. Like another good Charles Bronson would have been an interesting one for this movie. Yeah, totally. So there are guys, but I think Connery. Connery is Connery, man. Connery is the anti-grav fuel of the stone head of this film. Agreed. For sure. All right, guys, that's it for Zardoz for now. We might have to do this again every once a we year. We might I... have to come back to Zardoz. Return to Zardoz episodes will be coming. 
I can't fathom what we missed. I'm sure it's a lot. We're worried about uh, society and real life stuff too. Uh, but honestly, escaping to the vortex was a pretty nice way to get away from the real world, man. I I adore. And again, I don't. I think I can count on one hand less than how many times neither of us have watched a movie before the show. Yes. So that's an extra special treat. So thanks again to listener Brad Heat uh, for that awesome selection. Uh, R.A.P. Sean Connery, man. What a fucking horrible, another fucking thing to add to 2020's tally that just fucking sucks. Um, but that's the good thing about guys like him is that we have this enormous body of awesome work. A lot of it you haven't experienced yet. So, I mean, if you haven't seen Zardoz like we hadn't, fucking get on it, man. Please. Wild, awesome, amazing, still works, everything about it. All right, guys, that's it. Next week, Demolition Man. Make sure you get your picks in for December when we stuff your stocking. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Film Alchemist slash Nerd Alchemist. Uh, email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. And don't forget, this month we are sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, so go to Manscaped, buy yourself the lawnmower mm-hmm. uh, so that you can wear your bandoleros and red speedo and save the societies you're in. Uh, use the code FILM for 20% off at checkout and free shipping. Please. Until next time. Fight the good penises. Or the bad. Fight the evil penises. Evil penises. Penis is evil. Shoot the penis. It's evil. Fight the good fight with your good guns against evil penises. That's what I was going to There we go. That works. Not convoluted at all. Just imagine a projector on my face and people touching me. Just imagine that last line was like the movie Sardos.